What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Drinks with Drea. I am your host, Miss Drea. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. So, got a couple things on my mind, so I'm going to just go through my normal spiel. Um, but before I get started, today's drink of choice is going to be Jack and Coke. Um, if you drink Jack, you already know that Coke is or Coca Cola, I should say. It's really the only drink that goes well with it. I've tried to put Jack with other things, like I had it with lemonade, I've had it with cranberry, I've had it with Sprite, and I'm not talking Jack Honey, I'm talking just regular old Jack, and I'm not feeling it. So the only thing that goes well with Jack Daniel is Coca-Cola. That's my opinion, and I am sticking to it. Go ahead and pour up two ounces of Jack with four ounces of Coca-Cola, Fill your glass up with ice and less chit-chat. So, a lot has been going on this week. And I think I'm going to go ahead and start off with the Met Gala. So, I have to to say, you know, I don't know much about the Met Gala. All I know is once a year, your favorite celebrities um, have pictures all over Facebook, all over Instagram, all over news outlets of the most wackiest outfits. Sometimes it's metallic, sometimes it's feathers, sometimes it's um, box cutouts. Like, I don't know. It it just gets crazier and crazier and crazier year over year. And it's kind of interesting and fun, you know, not knowing much about it, but seeing the pictures and kind of saying, oh, okay. And I think the first few pictures I've seen of it, I thought, what the heck does she get on? I think Lady Gaga was probably one of the first artists that I've seen kind of go viral from Met Gala. But once you get the concept that it's artsy and different and it has themes and it it benefits uh, various charities, you start to understand it. It's just like a costume night for rich people. So, okay, I'm, I'm okay with that. So, you know, every year there's always someone who shuts down the red carpet. And this person shuts down almost everything. And I'm going to say Miss Cardi B definitely was the showrunner for the Met Gala. You don't have to take my word for it. Just go on your Explore page. Go on E! News. Hell, you'll probably see it on CNN News. She went for, I guess the theme this year was camp. So she went for um, a, a feminist type of um theme with her camp outfit i don't quite get it but she just looked like a huge bloody peacock um i loved it you know i think it was super extra super over the top but it definitely did what it was intended to do which was turn heads and have the world talking so shout out to her she's low-key a fashion icon i know she works with colin car oh what is his name i think his name is colin carter or something like that but he's her loyal stylist um she always tags him in all of her videos and he does his thing he's a black guy um and he does his thing he finds designers that you've never heard of he finds the most exotic pieces and she is game for it and it does a whole lot for her image no matter how much crap she talks no matter how ignorant she comes across to people no matter how much people want to hate her she has her hands on the pulse i don't know why i keep saying that but because <laughs> i said that a lot in the last show but she she got it she kind of knows that fashion is important and you know no matter how much you hate her you got to give her props and the met gala was no exception she did her thing 
But I didn't want to talk about the Met Gala for Cardi. I wanted to talk about the Met Gala for Tiffany Haddish. So Tiffany Haddish came out in a very interesting ensemble. I guess she was going for a female pimp look, which is okay. Do you? Um, Part of her theme was, you know, she is who she is. That's part of her whole persona is that she's unapologetically who she is. She doesn't apologize for being hood. She doesn't apologize for being loud. She doesn't apologize for spilling all the tea. Like she is who she is and and she's going to continue to be who she is because how she is and who she is is what made her famous. She pretty much played herself in the movie Girls Trip. Ah, So anyway, she came down the red carpet in her pimp suit and she handed out fried chicken. Now, I didn't really watch a lot of clips around it. I really more so saw like little quick clips here and there on Instagram. So I don't know the full extent of the reason why she had fried chicken. But basically she offered it to people. And you know, some people ate it on TV. She took pleasure in saying, oh crap, we got a white girl eating chicken on TV. And I don't know what it is about black people in our relationship to chicken and watermelon. But... For some of us, a good number of us don't care. I'm part of the group of of black people who don't care. You say that we like fried chicken and watermelon. Some of us do. Some of us don't. I'm not personally offended by stereotypes. I feel like they are what they are. Some are true. Some are not. I don't personally care how another group of people define me or try to pick fun at me or, you know, it you're given too much power by being like, oh God, we have fried chicken hiding because people are cut. Like, who gives a shit? You, it's food. You eat, you move on. Like, if we like watermelon and we like chicken, people like hamburgers, people like brats, people like rice. Like, everybody like what they like. Why are we embarrassed by that? But anyway, because it's the forbidden fried chicken, and I've actually heard black people say like they feel embarrassed to eat fried chicken in front of white people and it's just like for what do they have a problem eating bratwurst in front of you do they have a problem eating a hamburger that's half cooked in front of you probably not do they have a problem inviting you to a barbecue that just have breads burgers and beans probably not so why are you apologizing for what you like and who you are if you want watermelon eat watermelon if you want fried chicken eat fried chicken if that woman want to walk on the pink carpet at the Met Gala with a Ziploc bag full of fried chicken handing it out to people that's her damn prerogative I'm not offended by that I don't feel like she's a coon I don't feel like she's a ploy I don't feel like she brings black people down I feel like she is who she is only way a person can represent a whole culture is if we decide to accept that. I'm pretty sure a whole a good part of white America does not want to be defined by Trump. They denounce him. They say we have nothing to do with what he says. They don't even feel pressured or feel like they're being defined because of who he is. But for some reason, it could be some random person we've never met in our life who who in our life who nobody even seen and we feel like they represent us. Why? We have to begin to get some true identity here in America. And it's not about how other people see us. It's how we see ourselves. Because if we're that... I don't want to use the word sensitive. But if we're that 
I don't even know the words to use. I just feel like we're just not solid. We're not where we need to be. Because if we're allowing one person who's walking down a pink carpet, living their life, handing out fried chicken to represent all of us as a community, then we have a problem. And we really have to work on our identity here in America because our complete existence has been a huge part of the story of America, but not in the most favorable light. It's always been the slave. It's always been the stained. It's always been the ugly parts. But in reality, we are what made America great. We are what made America possible. It was through our ancestors' labor, and it was through um, our strength and our ability and our melanin that allowed us to put forth the labor needed to build this place. That's what made it what it was. And we didn't need to be enslaved for that to happen because we were building communities long before a group of us was torn from our homes. So no one came and made us resourceful. We were already resourceful. um, And they took our kindness for weakness. They played upon systems that were already in place to get what they needed from the situation. And here's the thing. We're still here for a reason because this place still exists because of us and what we contribute to it because we're still resourceful. And we have to remember that. We don't need to apologize for our existence on this earth. We don't need to apologize for our presence in this country. We don't have to feel like how one of us act defines all of us because it does not. Why do we feel that way? Why do are we so quick to try to denounce someone who looks like us because they're doing something we don't approve of? Okay, she is who she is. I can see myself having Popeyes, maybe not walking down the carpet, but definitely before I open up the car door. Because if you're hungry, you're hungry. And if I got a taste of a chicken, I'm going to eat chicken. And I don't care if I'm sitting next to Donald Trump or any other person who I feel may try to, to, to associate what I'm doing to a stereotype. I don't care. If you think what I, if I walk outside with a do-rag on my head, oh God, they're so ghetto. So what? And you are so, I'm not going there. But I'm just making the simple point that stop, okay? She's not a token coon. She's not a token Negro. She's not embarrassing to the black community. She is who she is. She has been consistent with who she is. It's working for her. And leave that damn woman alone. Shoot, she ain't bothering you. She don't, she's living her life. She's living her best life. Put more focus on living your best life and less focus on trying to fault other people or certain people within the community because you're paranoid about how people view you. People view you best when you are yourself. I'm going to say that again. People view you best when you're being yourself, not yourself that want to make others feel comfortable but who you truly and authentically are. We're seeing a rise of that in Hollywood. (sighs) Excuse me, I had to take a sip. People are no longer interested in fake and facade. That's, That's the thing of the past. Be who you are. Be who you truly and authentically are. And then you find more people who are now more comfortable being who they they 
authentically is or are. I don't know how to say that right now. But they're doing that because you had the courage to do so. To be who you are and know that your people who look like you are going to harshly judge you and do it anyway, that takes courage. Feeling like I shouldn't wear my hair a certain way or I shouldn't eat a certain food because I don't want people to think a certain way, that's weakness. That's the part of our community that should be shunned. Not the unapologetic being who you are authenticity, but the fake put on a facade, let me shrink myself, let me make myself more appealing to hell with all of that. Who I'm it's 2019. Stop. Please stop. Please stop shrinking yourself. Please stop making yourself more please, you know, whatever. And stop making other people apologize. There are some of us who speak very proper. There are some of us who are not quote unquote ghetto. There are some of us who you know, come up in different neighborhoods, articulate differently, and we need to stop shaming them for that. Stop calling people Oreos. Stop making people feel like they're less than because they're educated or because they speak a different way. We just got to learn how to let each other exist in peace. I said peace. I think I've had too much. Let me say that again. We need to learn how to let each other enjoy our lives in peace. Not in judgment, not in putting the weight of the world on each other, but just in peace. She wanted fried chicken. She wanted to share it. And she did what she did. And she is who she is. And I love her for it. Moving along. So, Aisha Curry has the world in the uproar because she made a comment that, you know, Due to her insecurities that she's feeling, which a lot of us feel once we have children, our bodies change, um, we age, things don't work the way that it used to work. We start getting pain in our arms and legs and knees and feel like, oh God, we're getting closer to the upper room. And sometimes that compliment, even if it's not from your husband, goes a long way. And she spoke to that. She said, you know... I I haven't had the attention from men, random men, in over 10 years. And it makes me feel like something's wrong with me. She has one of the most amazing men on the planet. She's definitely not trying to find another boo. That's not where this is coming from. This isn't coming from a place of wanting to find a boo or a bae or having an affair. It's just coming from a place of wanting to have your sex appeal, wanting to feel beautiful. You know, we, and and it's funny too, because if you go back to probably mid 90s, late 90s, mid early 2000s, whatever, guys would complain about being rejected by women and feeling like, you know, that, you know, a woman is feeling stalked. You couldn't even tell a woman that she needed to tie her shoe without her assuming you wanted her attention. And then now all of a sudden you have women begging for attention. And then when you think about things like the Me Too movement, things that were just subtle, um, compliments are now turned into you make me feel small or you make me feel objectified and we don't appreciate that. So now as a result, and rightfully so, men are like, I ain't saying a damn thing. Do you, mama? And they moving on about their business. So I can see it on two two sides. We're living in the Me Too movement where you can't even compliment a woman. And then here you have a very gorgeous woman who is going through changes because she is, you know, she has had three children in a short period of time and she's trying to keep up with who she is 
um, outside of just being Steph Curry's wife. And so she's battling that as just what most women battle in a world where giving a woman a compliment is now frowned upon. It's now made to feel like you're being a violator of women. You're being exposed. You're being treated as if you're some type of offender just for being nice. So I guess, you know, the more I talk about it and think about it, I kind of get why people are frustrated about it. But I also 110% get where she's coming from. You get into a relationship, you get comfortable. You're not in a rush to... um make yourself presentable for the world because you got everything you need at home and then all of a sudden you notice those little compliments slow up that oh girl you look good or you you know not well that's not really something a guy would say but you know excuse me may I talk to you whatever it is you start feeling like well dang I haven't even had you know you like to do that if I get hit on I can't wait to tell my fiance oh babe let me tell you I was at the grocery store this man was not you know and it's not to make him feel bad it's just to say I still got it and we all want to feel that way but I think this does bring up the bigger question of what is it that we want? Because we are in an era where there's a lot of men bashing for just this very thing. Making a woman feel beautiful, giving a compliment. There are men being made to feel like creeps and perverts for being nice. Joe uh, Joe Biden is one of those guys. Being compassionate and understanding, giving subtle hugs or a kiss on the forehead. Those are things that kind-hearted, affectionate people do. But it's being taken as, oh, I felt uncomfortable. He violated me. Versus a Trump who basically came right out and said he likes to grab women by the vagina. Those type of men are being put in the same box right now. And it's a weird space to be in. It's very dangerous. I've always been... Um, I don't want to use the word anti, but I've always kind of raised my eyebrow at the feminist movement because sometimes you just feel like, I want to be a woman. I want to be treated like a woman. I like certain uh, benefits of being a woman. Nobody asked you to fight and say, hey, this woman needs to be, you know, treat me like how you treat yourself. But then at the same time, when you think about the real context of how women were treated as far as being second class citizens, then you're like, eh, I guess I get it. I think where we're lacking is we just don't have balance. There's nothing wrong with a person complimenting you. There's nothing wrong with a person telling you that you're beautiful. It's not objectification. It's just a compliment. And we need to learn how to accept a compliment. We need to stop making people feel afraid to be nice to one another. We're just in a weird time right now. We're just in a very different, weird, unfamiliar time. And I feel like it's going to come to a boil and then it's going to start to revert back because how it is and how it's becoming is just not working. But... I don't know how I got off into all that, but, you know, Aisha was feeling the way and people were in the uproar. And at first I was coming at this with the whole, you know, let her feel how she feels. She wants attention. It's not about cheating. It's just about feeling like you still got it. But now as I'm talking it out with myself, I'm realizing that I get it again for the people who are saying she's tripping because look at the error that we're in. We're in the Me Too movement. We have women coming forward about rape and abuse and molestation. But then in that same conversation, you have women saying, I don't like when a man tells me I'm beautiful because it just makes me feel like that's all he thinks I am. So now we're cutting into saying, don't compliment me on anything physical. And I don't know if I agree with that because I think that we should be... 
we should be comfortable to say, oh, you're a handsome man or you're a beautiful woman. We should be able to compliment each other without being freaked out. So we just need to find our happy medium and stop being so sensitive. And speaking of sensitivity, please, and I'm going to put this out for the atmosphere. I'm sure only about 15 people are going to listen to this podcast. But if you listen to it and you happen to know a comedian, I have an idea. Because I'm tired of censored comedians. Like, I I like my old school comic view, deaf comedy jam comedians. I want them to talk about everything and I want them to do it unapologetically without consequence. So here's what I want. There are those of us in society who can laugh at things without feeling, you know, like I can laugh at a, a, a gay joke, for example, and not be homophobic. I can laugh at a white joke and not be racist. Some stuff is just funny and we need to be able to laugh because we're way too serious in this moment. I feel like each comedian should make people who come to their show sign a disclaimer. Like they need to literally jot it out in like four bullets. These are the things that I'm gonna talk about. I don't care how you feel about it. If you buy a ticket to my show, you are agreeing that you are a-okay with anything that I say regarding these topics because I just feel, and even when you're watching the show, give me a, a quick survey. This this series has jokes that may be offensive to black people. Do you want to hear it? One for yes, two for no. One. This series has jokes about midgets or short people. I'm so sorry. Short people. Whatever it is, like, give me an option because I'm tired of people defining what it should be and then people who aren't as sensitive or who knows how to take a joke for what it is are missing out on some good comedy so we need to find a balance to that but I'm just going on and on we can go ahead and take a pause and I will give you guys a reminder once again of what we are sipping on tonight so tonight is a jack and coke type of night pour up two ounces of jack four ounces of coca-cola fill your cup up with ice and go ahead and pour up it's time to take us our well for me my 10th set let's go Yes, I am smacking my lips. Okay, so two more topics and I'm going to let you guys go. Well, it probably, I don't know, maybe two. So one thing I want to talk about, I'm experiencing this right now um, with, with certain people and it's called toxic negativity. Okay, so how have you ever met someone who just refuses to be happy, just refuses to look at things from a bright side or to see the silver lining, just always want to make everything super negative, no matter what it is, no matter how much you try to point them in an optimistic direction, in an optimistic future, they just continue to insist on being negative. Well, I have met a version of this today. I've actually met them already, but I've had my now second encounter with this energy. And when I tell you it is absolutely draining it is absolutely freaking draining no matter what you say no matter what you try to offer no matter how many different perspectives they just insist on being nasty and negative toxic and annoying and I'm just gonna keep this simple stop just stop If every thought that you have is negative, your life is going to be negative. You're going to draw negative energy into your life. You're never going to be happy. 
I talked about this before and I'll say it again. You have to make a conscious choice and decision every day you wake up, every day that you have another opportunity to make things right in your life. You have an obligation to try to be happy. You cannot just sit around miserable for the rest of your life and making those around you miserable. Like I'm making a new law right now that you have to make a conscious decision to be happy because this toxic negativity is draining for you and it's draining for the people around you. And no matter what's the reason for this toxic negativity, you not addressing the core root cause of your issues is just causing more chaos and destruction and confusion in this world. So if you cannot find a positive thought in your mind, go get help. And I'm going to leave that at that. So one more topic before I let you guys go. Just want to talk on Joyner Lucas ADHD, um, but Joyner Lucas in general. Uh, my first introduction to Joyner Lucas, for those of you who is not familiar, he made a song called Crap. I forgot the name of the song. Hold on. <coughs> he wrote a song called Ross Cap- Cappuccini. And basically, Ross Cappuccini, I know I'm saying that wrong, um, but he was a guy from Detroit. He was a teenager at the time. He befriended a 15-year-old kid. The 15-year-old kid knew him for 10 years. They grew up together, basically. And long story short, his friend was getting of age, and he was becoming a gang member, and he was tasked with killing a random person. He decided he wanted to kill Ross, but Ross survived. And so Jordan Lucas did something that was so crazy unique um, for the time it came out, which was told that story from the guy's perspective who shot him and the guy who got shot perspective. And it was just a huge viral success. So he's definitely one of those people who is conscious, who's awoke, um, who just, you know, can really communicate things. He's a storyteller. He could communicate in a communicate things in a way that makes you think so I love him as an artist I love what he's doing with his music he's definitely dope and I love every time that he releases something he has something called I'm not racist that kind of again talked about the white side and the black side and why we have so much disconnect and if you have not heard of this man please check him out his stories will amaze you he has one called um freeze where he talks about Um, drinking and driving, texting while driving, just things that we do um, that negatively impact ourselves and others and kind of make us think about the choices we make before we hit the road. And while I'm talking about this, I just want you guys to know that Drinks with Drea strongly opposes drunk driving. So please, if you are sipping on Jackie Coke while driving, pull over, get an Uber and go home. Now back to my regularly scheduled program. Um, But again, Jordan Lucas is dope. In the ADHD song, he just kind of talks about how unfair it is. And I think it was prompted by Nipsey Hussle. But how unfair it is that we have great people who the culture loves and adore pass away and are gone way too soon. And then we have people like Eric Holder who killed him. Suge Knight who was just a toxic person. Donald Trump. Tommy Loren. Just people in our culture who do nothing but cause chaos and confusion. And they're still alive, but amazing people who were here with the message and who was waking people up and moving us in a different direction, they die young. So it's it's just a song about that. Just like, why is these type of things happening? 
Long story short, Miss Tommy Lorraine, if you're not familiar with her, I'm not even going to give her the dignification of trying to explain who she is. Just Google her. I don't like her. Basically, uh, what's his name? Joyner shared a DM that he got from Tommy saying, hey, even though you wished I was dead, let's have a conversation. And I really hate how she worded that because that was that victimization crap. Like, oh, you want me to be dead. He didn't say he wanted you to die. He just said with all the foolishness that comes out your mouth, why we got to bury Aaliyah, but then a person like you still exists. I don't think he was wishing death on her. I think he was just saying, hey, God, you know, you taking people out, but you forgot some people and you taking people that the culture actually needs. And, you know, if you listen to the song, he doesn't, it's not a negative thing, but she just has this tendency to try to, she thinks she's smart, but she really is just being you know, condescending and antagonist and just, ugh, I don't like her, but I just feel like she got the right one with with Joyner because he's very intelligent and literally everybody that she says in Fox News is infamous for this. If they think that they can outsmart you or make a point and make you look stupid, they want to talk to you. And I will give Tommy credit because she doesn't actually do it. The people on Fox News does that. They're only going to invite people that they feel they can outsmart. But Tommy doesn't do that. She will literally talk to people and look dumb on her own platform. That's how I know that she's more of a plant than actually believing the things that she said. Because I can 100% see her dating someone that's a Democrat that's not, you know, that looks different from her. I can see her doing it. I think she's just doing what she needs to do for fame. But she asked him or reached out to him and said, hey, let's have a conversation. I'm for the conversation because he's an intelligent person. I love the way he thinks. I love the perspective that he brings. And I think that that would be awesome to watch him talk. Not so much caring about what she has to say. But I definitely feel like he would do a wonderful job of just representing himself and his art. And really kind of putting a light on this whole victimization thing. Like, don't make it seem like this man wished death on you because he definitely did not. He just questioned, hey, why are we losing great people and trash like this is still around? I don't see anything wrong with that question. I think it's very valid, but hey, I'm just one person. Anyway, it's been 30 minutes. I've been going on and on and on about something about nothing. So I will go ahead and let you guys go. Once again, today's drink of choice was Jack and Coke. That is two ounces of Jack Daniel, not the Jack Daniel honey, just straight Jack Daniel. And four ounces of Coca-Cola. Fill your glass up with ice and enjoy. It is going to be the summertime eventually, even though I think Chicago is going through a, a, a bipolar uh, moment right now. I don't think it realizes that it's spring. I think Chicago thinks that it is winter. I don't know why, but I think that Chicago is having an interesting time and we need to show support to Chicago, that Chicago remembers who it is and gives us the weather that we deserve. And I'm going to say that it's going to get its life and we are going to be all right. Until next time, y'all stay blessed and I will talk to you soon.